Hey everyone, welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany. Welcome, welcome every day. We are in season four. This is the second show of season four, and I am so excited to be here with you. And if you are watching on YouTube, we are coming to you. You can see me. You can see us today um, on YouTube. Follow me along at Tiffany Blackman, and you can listen on every platform, of course. But today, I thought there's a good idea to do this three years ago. I actually did, but waiting for the right person. And this show is brought to you today by Alexander. Alexandra Degangi with Beyond Celiac. So welcome to the show, Alexandra. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to be for you to be here. And <laughs> and I mean, I have wanted to meet you for quite a while because our yes. friend Bonnie, yes. shout out to Shop with Bonnie, brought us together. Yes. I mean, she told me about your story and I have been searching because I told you before the, sto- the, st- the show today that I had, um, I was tested for celiacs mm-hmm. and we're talking about about celiac and I'm finding more and more of the population in my circle that they're diagnosed positive. It's an audio autoimmune disorder. So tell us you are at TCU. You're a junior. You just went through recruitment. I'm so yes. proud of you. Congratulations. <laughs> the you. big smile on her face. You all see that. Um, congratulations for that. Thank and you. you are from way out of town. You're not a local. No, ma'am. I am from New Canaan, Connecticut. So a little town about 40 minutes to an hour outside of New York City. Wow. Mm -hmm. What brought you to TCU? Um, You know what? My choir teacher is a TCU alum, and I was like the choir theater dance kid growing up. And um, she always had TCU flags in her room, and I knew that I wanted to go out of state, so I was curious. And I just came down, and I fell in love with it like the moment I stepped on campus. Of course you did. (laughs) And you see downtown Fort Worth behind us all. You can see all the cars going by downtown. Okay. At age 13, what happened? Well, basically kind of what happened was I was diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, My diagnosis came out of nowhere. I had a lipoma or a fatty tumor on the base of my neck and it showed up one day randomly. Um, And so of course my mother took me to a a lot of doctors to find out, you know, what it was and what caused it. And um, I did some genetic testing and during that, um, the markers for celiac disease came up. And my doctor looked at my mother dead in the face and said, I am 99.9% sure she has celiac disease. Really? Yep. And so, um, you know, I did further blood work and that came back positive. And then we did the endoscopy to confirm. And I can still remember the date, November 5th of 2014. My mom just walked into my room one day and I kind of looked at her and I kind of knew. She said, you came back positive. You have celiac disease. Wow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you had, it, tell us again what you had. That a lipoma. So it basically, it just means fatty tumor. Okay. And it was right at the base of my neck. Okay. Um, and we still don't know why it showed up. Um, so it kind of was like the celiac diagnosis was a happy accident. I was completely asymptomatic really? beforehand, which is very rare. Really? So I am the strange case of celiac disease where, you know, um, I've talked to many other people and they're always like, you know, I had this symptom and that symptom beforehand and me, it was literally random. I mean, that is amazing because what are the symptoms? What you, you did not have the symptoms, but what would be the symptoms that those listening, I know what I was going through and I was negative, but what would the symptoms be? Right. Typically, the most common symptom is weight loss. So sudden weight loss and dramatic weight loss within a period, typically of three to six months, um, bowel changes, so um, constipation or diarrhea, mm-hmm. more common to see diarrhea, um, fatigue and brain fog. Brain fog is a huge one that I've 
heard many people. Um, for women who are, you know, of childbearing age, infertility and miscarriages, um, anxiety, depression, anemia, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> on and yeah. on. And mine was the bowel, the change in the bowels, the diarrhea, the mm -hmm. brain fog and the headaches and yes. lots of weight loss. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, if you are having diarrhea chronically, you are going to lose weight. Yes. So that's what I was going through. And, my, and I did have help me out here, an ANA marker. And mm -hmm. that's why I originally went um, to the immunologist. And I didn't have the, I, I praise the Lord, but, you know, mm -hmm. I still think sometimes could it be wrong because still issues, right? Yeah. So tell us what, when you were diagnosed, how, what were your feel? were you feeling? Because did you even know what you were facing? You know, it kind of was random. I mean, I was 13, so I, had, you know, was in eighth grade. I was, you know, I had just, um, I was on a competitive dance team and I actually got moved up to like the high school team because I was that advanced and I was just so excited to like take on the world. And I just remember like the day after my life completely took this 360 and I just was, I was really angry. I didn't understand mm. why everything was happening because nobody in my family has celiac disease right. and I'd never heard of it before. I never met anybody with it. So I was confused. Um, it became very like lonely. I was very isolated from people because all of a sudden I used to be that friend at school that would like, like mooch off my friends like lunches and mm. be like, Hey, like you're not gonna have that bag of chips. Can I have it? Right. And I couldn't do that anymore. And it was so weird. And I had to figure out basically how to live a whole entire life mm -hmm. right. differently. Differently. Yeah. And, and is it driven by diet? Is that, that is, that's how it's treated. That's the only treatment. That's the only treatment. It's the only treatment. Unfortunately, there's no cure for celiac disease. Um, we're researching right now, but unfortunately that's very difficult. Celiac is um, one of the least funded gastrointestinal illnesses as far as research goes. Mm -hmm. But the only treatment I remember my doctor um, at the time you know, we went in for a follow-up right after the endoscopy. He slipped me a piece of paper across the table saying, here's a list of things you can't eat. I'll see you in six months for your follow-up. What? Yep. That was it. And my mom and I were stunned. We we did not know what to do. So I, you know, basically like overnight, I think we went to like Whole Foods the next day and just looked for everything and had a gluten-free label on it and just bought it mm -hmm. and thought like, well... We'll make something out of this. Right, yeah. right. So gluten is eliminated from your diet. 100%, yes, 100%. Right? Yes. How difficult has that been? It's very difficult. You know, the world is not built for people who are intolerant to gluten mm -hmm. at all. Um, definitely, like, learning how to cook again, it's, it was a whole new learning process, you know, because at the time my mom was mainly cooking my meals. And she, um, thank goodness, one of our really good friends is a really good cook. And she kind of taught her and showed her, like, how to cook, you know, healthier meals without gluten in them. Um, but eating out is hard. It's a struggle for anybody that's gluten-free because there are so many little things that you have mm -hmm. to think about. Like people are like, well, French fries are gluten-free. And I'm like, well, no, they're not because they're fried in the same fryer as like, you know, chicken wings or coconut shrimp or anything that has breading on it. Breading on it. Which, so that can be extremely tough traveling. You know, if you're on an airplane, mm -hmm. they never have a gluten-free meal. So I always have to bring my own stuff. And TSA does not like that. No. <laughs> so that can be a situation. Right. So it can be very tricky to manage. Mm -hmm. And you, I'm, I'm assuming you're seeing that we are getting better yes. and by, by definitely supplementing these diets and supporting yes. different diets and different food mm -hmm. plans for sure, but it's not perfect. And, and um, I met someone the other day, they said, we, I never go out to eat. I mm -hmm. never, ever go out to eat. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I mean... 
Because of the cross-contamination. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cross-contamination, I would say, is like our biggest enemy in um, getting, as we call it, we call it getting glutened. Um, <laughs> yes, that's what the term. That's what the term is. Air quotes, air quotes, glutened. Um, but yeah, that definitely is the trickiest part. And for me, if I do go out to eat, and out, our friend Bonnie knows this because I've been out to eat with her actually, it usually has to be at a very more like a higher end restaurant because mm-hmm. typically those staff and waiters will have more education about celiac disease and cross contamination. Um, and I always I call it like my triple check process where I order, then I make sure that the order is good. Then. Sometimes like the waiter will come back, you know, like halfway through like that time between, you know, ordering and dinner and I check again. And then when it comes to the table, I check again. And the sad part is that sometimes that doesn't even work and things will slip below the cracks and I will know right away okay. if something is off. That was my next question for you. Mm-hmm. If you do consume gluten, mm-hmm. because I'm sure you've been gluten free now. Yes. I mean, almost 10 years probably. Yeah. yeah. So what would happen if you consumed gluten at this stage? Yeah, basically, um, I, I've been glutened enough to, I did this thing where the last time I was gluten, I actually timed it to see how long does it take for me to, for my reaction to start. So for me, it takes between 30 to 40 minutes. I will know right away as soon as I eat something because it will mm-hmm. taste too good or something in me just goes, something doesn't taste right here. You're kidding. Yeah. And it can be as small as a crumb. That's the scary thing. Yeah, Alexandra, this is, mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, if you want to know scary, I, um, the last time I was gluten actually, um, it was through a drinking glass that had a glass of water, but it wasn't clean. Mm. And that's how I got glutened. So it was a, can, and we talked mm-hmm. about cross contaminating yeah. earlier. For example, I made sure she had the, the her cup when she's in here. Yes. I, <laughs> I have two cups for water and I made sure, well, first of all, it's clean. But. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have breadcrumbs in it. But but that is amazing that it does happen and you just know so, so quickly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Let's back up and talk about what actually is celiac disease. I think I missed that because it's, is it, I read with Beyond Celiac, what a fabulous, fabulous source. And we're going to cite this in all of the mm-hmm. notes, but um, what it actually is, the lining of the small intestine. Can you explain? Yeah. So celiac disease is an autoimmune disease. Um, it's in that category because basically um, if someone like me were to consume gluten, my body would um, recognize gluten as a foreign invader. So almost as if it were, you know, the flu virus or COVID and it would attack. So my own body will attack itself. Um, when exposed to that. And unfortunately, in that attack, um, your lining of your intestines, so your um, your villi, mm-hmm. will flatten out, like which is not good because your villi are what um, pick up like vitamins and minerals in your tract to be absorbed into your system and for our bodies to get nutrients. Right, right. So mm-hmm. you're not, yeah, you're not getting your nutrients. Yeah, that's the biggest problem with celiac disease is the malabsorption. I mean, if you ask any of us Anemia is huge. Iron is one of the hardest minerals for us to absorb. Vitamin D, calcium. That's why a lot of us um, are at risk for osteoporosis later in life. I mean, it causes, you know, a myriad of just issues and down the line. Down the line. I was mm-hmm. seeing that if if it's not treated, if you do not treat this this can this disease mm-hmm. it can lead to some pretty serious health conditions, correct? Yeah, it can. Um you're four times more likely to get some sort of intestinal cancer, whether that's colon or small intestine, um, heart disease, epilepsy, um, anemia, osteoporosis, um, infertility, everything basically. It really can damage. I mean, I have some people in my life who 
they had untreated celiac disease and they didn't find out until they were in their 50s or 60s. And some of them have to get colostomies because there's that much damage. Mm. That's, oh my gosh. You almost hope, I guess, if you are diagnosed, that it is an earlier age. So it's not so, I mean, it's not so damaging to your, your gut. Yeah, right? no, exactly. I've always said that my diagnosis was a blessing in disguise because if I had waited longer, you know, who knows what would have happened. And, um, you know, that, that really is like the number one thing with celiac disease is early intervention and early prevention. Oh gosh. It's amazing. Okay. Talk to me about genetics, mm -hmm. because I read in Beyond Celiac that this is or can be genetic related, or it mm -hmm. could be, you could, in I mean, is this, am I right? Yes, uh, celiac disease is a genetic autoimmune disorder. So I, um, for example, I have both the genes. So I have the HLA DQ2 and DQ8 gene. So basically, um, those are the markers for it. Anyone can have them. The mystery is, um, how do those genes get turned on for celiac? That's like the giant mystery that we don't know yet in celiac disease. Like, cause I have the gene, my brother also has the genes as well, but he does not have celiac disease. You're kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's perfectly, that guy eats so, <laughs> he eats so much gluten, it's crazy and he never reacts. I'm so jealous of that. <laughs> of course, so I did read too, is it, is it caused, okay, so we have the genetic factor. Right. But is it caused from eating too much gluten? No. So that is also the big, the huge mystery around celiac disease is what causes it, what gets that gene triggered. Um, there have been some studies that have come out showing a relation between um, either bacterial or viral infections triggering um, the gene being turned on. In my case, I actually had Lyme disease when I was younger. And so we suspect that that's how my gene really? got triggered mm -hmm. because of that. It's a bacterial infection. It can go into your DNA and you know, start changing, mm -hmm. <laughs> start changing things up. Right. Um, but other than that, we don't really know. There are certain risk factors. Obviously, if you're, if a family member has celiac disease, you are like way more likely to have it. I know a lot of people who, um, you know, they have celiac disease and then their mom has celiac disease or their dad has it as well. Mm -hmm. um, also ethnicity. Um, if you're from the Mediterranean area, so Italian, Iberian, I happen to be actually both Italian and Iberian. Mm -mm. So um, the prevalence of celiac disease in that area in Europe is very heavy. You're kidding me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had no idea. Did y'all have all this? I had no idea. <laughs> that is amazing. So the history mm -hmm. goes back so far. And I remember... Um, I mean, your, your 2014 diagnosis, I remember in 2014 hearing about it. I, I had, um, oh my gosh, my daughter was on cheer team. We had one girl that was on the cheer team that we had to be very careful and we didn't take it seriously. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was just thinking she didn't like bread or she just didn't. And that is not good. That is not good because we are not educated on this, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. How are we educating people? Here. Here? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, that is my whole entire mission is to just educate people just so, you know, we can make it easier, not only for myself, but for, you know, people in the future who get diagnosed. There are so many, actually, I had a, fr a friend of mine um, in my major who she just got diagnosed last year. And that was a big thing for her. And now she's realizing, you know, all the little things like, oh my goodness, this isn't, she just simply thought, oh, I just stopped eating gluten and it's okay. Or it's like, where I told her, I said, no, you need to, you know, educate yourself about cross-contamination. Check your hair products, check your makeup, check your sunscreen. There are the, the amount of times that I have gotten reactions from that. I actually was for the longest time in high school using like this anti-frizz spray and I would spray it on my hands, rub it, and then put it through my hair and my hands would turn red. 
I was like, what is going on? And then finally I turned the bottle around and it said hydrolyzed wheat protein protein what? as the first ingredient. And I was like, oh okay. my gosh, it's everywhere. It's hidden. The hidden sources of gluten are the craziest. They're, they're the ones that get you. Honestly. Okay. It's not just what you're putting in your mouth. Yeah. It's what you're consuming in your body, your, in your products. Body, yeah. I had no idea, mm-hmm. but it makes absolute sense. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. The things <laughs> you know at your age are just out of control, but you helping your, your roommate or your sorority mm-hmm. sisters. I mean, that's huge. I yeah. mean, just, just making a difference in the TCU community and mm-hmm. the collegiate community, because I mean, I, I can't imagine the feelings of a 13 year old. Yeah. And coming to college, especially was really tough. I mean, I showed up to TCU, unfortunately, I, um, and this is actually very common with people with celiac, there are additional allergies. And unfortunately, I am also cross-reactive with grains, um, which makes it 90 times more difficult to be um, somebody who has celiac disease. So unfortunately, my body, if I were to eat, say, rice or oats, my body thinks it is gluten when it's not. So unfortunately, um, the dining hall at TCU cannot accommodate me. And I was in a dorm, so I basically lived off of snack food. Um, oh, dear. For about a semester. And then unfortunately, COVID happened, so I had to, you know, go home at that point. But um, it's, and it can be, it's very lonely and isolating, honestly, because mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, especially that, you know, that year, a lot of people like, you know, they invite you to go to the, you know, we have the blue, that's our dining hall mm-hmm. over at TCU. And we would go over, but they would see me like sitting awkwardly there, just like, you know, not eating, but, you know, enjoying the conversation. And then slowly people just stop inviting you places because they're like, oh, well, you know, you can't eat there, we feel bad. You know, and so it's really difficult. And even like if you go to any sort of like social outing or event, that's also tricky to handle as well. So it just is a real, it's like a spider web of, that you have to navigate. And I'm sure looking at precious you, beautiful you, <laughs> you're you. so <laughs> outgoing. I'm sure you're, you're, t- you're newly recruited into mm-hmm. FIMU, FIMU, right? Yes. Um, congratulations again. But you are teaching y- other young women and men that it's okay. You've got this. You yeah. can go to whatever restaurant. You've got this because you yeah. are prepared, right? That's the whole thing. I really try to say, um, you know, celiac disease definitely changed my life, but I'm trying to change my vocabulary around it by saying it didn't change my life. It adjusted my life. Mm-hmm. I live a perfectly normal life. I travel. I go out. I have fun. I just have to make a few adjustments before I do so to make sure that I'm safe. Absolutely. Now, with, with being celiacs, that doesn't limit you to being, you can have protein. You can mm-hmm. have protein if you want. It's just how it's prepared, obviously, exactly. right? And watching the labels, reading, reading the labels. Yes. So I have a question about labeling. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had some people on the podcast before discussing labels and, um, and how this is done. If you have, let's say, um, a bag of tortilla chips mm-hmm. that say gluten-free on it, is it really gluten-free? So it depends on a lot of factors. The number one thing I always tell, you know, somebody who's newly diagnosed is look for that certified gluten-free stamp because that means that it has been tested. It is below, I believe the standard is still uh, 20 million PPM, so parts per million um, of gluten. And so that is like your number one Mm go-to. The second is, you know, look at that product and assess the risk. Um, If it's a grain product, I always tell people to be very, very cautious because a lot of the times in agriculture, for example, oats, the biggest debate in the celiac world is, are oats gluten-free? And the answer is yes and no. Naturally, if you grew them like by by themselves in a field in the middle of nowhere, 
they are gluten-free. Unfortunately, a lot of farmers will grow wheat right next to the oats. So when the wind comes, oh gosh, it blows. So yeah, you have to think of things like that too. Um, so if it's a product like that and there's no certified gluten-free label, I would say be very wary of it. But let's say if it's like a frozen product, you know, where it's like, like frozen cauliflower rice or something like that, it's going to be gluten-free and that's okay. You know, something that's naturally gluten-free, you don't really have to worry about. Mm -hmm. But something where, you know, the label is ambiguous or I always stay away from products that say, you know, any ingredients that's just like spices. Well, sometimes spices can include things like malt extract mm -hmm. and that has wheat in it. Mm -hmm. So it really is your personal judgment, but I always say when in doubt, go without. Absolutely. Especially if you have, if you, I mean, you know how it's going to make you feel. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Okay. We were talking about um, the labeling. Let's talk about agriculture because it, what you just said made, makes perfect sense to me. Um, if there is what's in the field, mm -hmm. let's talk about cattle and what they're fed. Yes. Okay. So are you only, let's say you have beef. Is it only grass fed? Yeah, pretty much for me personally, I have discovered that a more nutrient dense, you could call it paleo. I don't like to put a label on right. it. I just tend to eat more of a whole food based diet. Um, that just kind of seems to be what works best for me. I definitely try to go towards grass fed products. Mm -hmm. um, if not, you know, something organic because they're more likely to be fed, you know, either grass or grains are okay or gluten free grains. I personally haven't had an issue with it. I don't know many people who have. That's definitely something that I would have to look more into mm -hmm. um, to see, you know, if that is a factor. I'm sure that it is for some people. I'm just not quite sure. Mm -hmm. Right. So if a person, I stay, I try to stay away from gluten. Mm -hmm. I really do because it's not fun for me to right. be, do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. kind to me. I am mm -hmm. not celiac. I've been tested. Mm -hmm. So the people like myself that don't feel well, Mm -hmm. Would you suggest they get tested or this just how your body's reacting? Yes, I would suggest that anybody gets tested because really it could be one of three things. You could have celiac disease. Mm -hmm. You could have, um, you know, a gluten intolerance or as it's technically called um, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So basically just being, you know, kind of like you're allergic to it. It doesn't make you feel good. Kind of like a lactose intolerance mm -hmm, situation. Mm -hmm. Or you could have another autoimmune disease. I know a lot of people who have gotten misdiagnosed with celiac disease. And in reality, they had Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you are going to go get tested, you know, I'm a huge fan of being an advocate for yourself. And so ask your doctor, test for everything. Test that whole entire panel. You know, and if they say, if you do get to the point where... Um, you know, you just need, they're like, okay, we're going to do an endoscopy. Maybe request a colonoscopy as well. It's uncomfortable, but it'll find you the answers if you're really having mm -hmm. issues and struggling with that. So is the, is the, 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 the test is, I mean, if I just went right now, it would be a blood test, right? Yes, it would okay. be a blood test. They would test your um, IgA, TTG levels, IgA and IgG. So basically all of those inflammatory markers. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Are doctors on board with this? So getting I'm, it, yeah, it depends on the doctor. Um, great doctors will, um, you know, recognize celiac disease and look into it. I know a lot of people who had a very hard time getting diagnosed with celiac disease, mm -hmm. um, mainly because their doctor did not believe them. Correct. Or their doctor said, well, you're lactose intolerant. Right. And that's not the case. So it really is, unfortunately, you know, until we can kind of improve those, um, those outcomes, it really is about patient advocacy and about, you know, and, and I'm a big proponent of taking charge of your own health. 
I certainly had to do it because I was not getting the help that I needed from my medical team, unfortunately. So I take everything into my own hands and advocate for myself. If you're in a position where you're having these stomach issues and you know about celiac and you think that you really match up with it, get yourself tested and say to the doctor, I need this to be done. Mm -hmm. You know what? I love that because we do have to take our health into our own hands. And I always say on this podcast, we have one body and you're not going to get another one to take care of yourself. But I had to do the same thing with my gut issues. Mm -hmm. I had to go, okay, I'm not getting the answers from several doctors, several physicians. It Mm -hmm. was all in my head or I was too stressed or I need to quit work. Okay, whatever. So, um, but I actually did the Alcat test. It was Mm -hmm. a food sensitivity test. I've done it multiple times. And I'm so proud to say years after years, but after I turned (laughs) my 50s now, Mm -hmm. I had so many food sensitivities come up Mm -hmm. and we go back to what you were talking about. Things are hidden. So my number one and two in my severe was monk fruit for heaven's sake. I mean, that's my, that's my, that's my sweetener of choice. And Mm -hmm. it's a natural, I mean, it's natural, but it was in my drink in the morning for when my amino acid drinks, it was hidden in there. So I immediately had a severe reaction, remove it. And then sardines. Do you think I'm eating sardines on the usual? No. (laughs) I mean, listen, I've never had sardines, even though I'm a nutrition major. They say omega threes, it's great for you. And I'm like, you know what? I crossed the line. (laughs) I crossed the line for me. I'm not eating the sardine. Okay. So with what you just said, with your, your nutrition major, Mm -hmm. you know where those sardines were, right? Yes. Where were they? Can you tell me where they were in my diet? In your diet? Nowhere. They were in the omegas. Oh, in your supplement. In my supplements. Oh, yes. That's another thing, too. <laughs> Gluten can be in supplements, which is, you know, obviously when they say, hey, you're iron deficient, you're calcium deficient, here's a supplement, you have to look and check. Oh. Because that's happened to me before where I had a reaction because I was taking a protein supplement with brown rice in it, and my body does not do well not with rice. rice. It reacts the same way. And I was having reactions, like little ones, and I was like, what the heck is going on? And we couldn't pinpoint it. And that was actually how we figured out the cross-reactive. Because that was the only thing that we could trace it back to. And as soon as I took it out, I was perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the most severe, and I'm thinking, I I have eaten sardines when I was a little girl. My grandfather loved them. I had a little mustard on it. (laughs) But now it's like I haven't had one. But it was the number one ingredient in my omegas. And omegas yeah. are fabulous, y'all. Yes. But you, ha- you need no, omegas. Get your omegas. <laughs> yeah, because I don't consume um, fish. But um, you need your omegas. But I was so shocked. And so you dealing with the same thing with celiacs of what all these, it's hidden in everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. It's soy, everything. We could go on and on about that for sure. <laughs> How are the schools dealing with this in the elementary? Are, are, are schools educating well, um, you know what, as far as my, I, my knowledge on this is based off of, I'm in an, um, in an ambassador's cohort through Beyond Celiac. Um, and there are a few parents in that cohort who their children have celiac disease. And for them, it really is, they have to go in and talk to the teacher. They have to, you know, the whole thing with that is making sure that your child feels included. Cause you know, how horrible is it? And I remember my brother actually had a nut allergy. Um, he has a nut allergy mm-hmm. at all growing up. And so whenever there was a class birthday thing, he would always have to have his own and, you know, that was really hard for him. So that's like their main struggle is making sure that like the child feels included and that children around them understand like, hey, you can't shove a piece of bread into your friend's mouth. Sure. Or you can't, you know, fool around with that because it's dangerous for mm-hmm. them. Um, as far as, you know, education goes in the schools, there's a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, even I couldn't eat at my middle school cafeteria, my high school cafeteria. I had to bring everything every day. Right. 
you know, it's just, it's not the greatest situation, unfortunately. Well, what a resource beyond celiac. Tell us about this. You're an ambassador for this amazing program (laughs) that's helping so many people. So tell us about that. Yeah. So basically, um, the ambassador cohort, we essentially are all individuals with celiac disease or with some sort of connection to celiac disease. And our mission really is just to um, kind of be their spokespeople in our own communities. And so for me, I am kind of the spokesperson for the Fort Worth TCU community. Mm -hmm. So my job is um, I'll be holding events on campus this year. Um, We partner with many brands. Um, For example, there's a famous gluten-free brand called Char. Um, We love them because they make gluten-free bread products that are not refrigerated, which for us is a win because everything is always refrigerated for us. And sometimes, you know, if you're traveling, you don't have access to that. Mm -hmm. And if you need to make, you know, um, my supervisor, Val, actually told me the story of she actually used one of their products on a plane where it got like delayed for five hours on the tarmac. And she had it and she was able to make herself like a PB&J on an airplane. Mm. Like their products are fabulous. Char. Um, Can you spell that? Sure. So Char is spelled um, S-C-H-A-R. Um, it actually is a European brand, but it's coming over into the U.S. and kind of making a resurgence. Um, and, you know, they, you know, we're partnering with them to kind of, you know, see if we can improve our dining halls over, you know, at TCU, which is very interesting for me because mm-hmm. actually currently in my nutrition classes, one of my labs is actually me in our dining halls cooking in the back wow. and learning how that whole process works. So it's kind of, I do get to see like firsthand, mm-hmm. you know, what goes on. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah. I mean, you're mm-hmm. getting a degree and this is going to help so many people. Yes. Well, that's why I did it. That's why, why I did you it. did it. Because I refuse to let anybody else suffer oh, you, like this. Okay. You talked about it because I know like, for example, my, my Ezekiel bread that I consume, mm-hmm. I keep it in the freezer. Yeah. Why are we keeping these items in the freezer refrigerator? Basically because of from what I know, and this might be incorrect, but from what my understanding is, is that it's because of the amount of eggs in gluten-free products, mm-hmm. um, because we have to compensate for a lot. So a lot of food companies, what they will do is for the lack of gluten, they will add in more eggs to make it rise more, um, or you know, more fat and more sugar. Right. So obviously, you know, fat, especially if they use something that is monounsaturated or just unsaturated fat in general. So that would be like an olive oil and avocado oil. Um, that is liquid at room temperature. So you need to keep it in the freezer in order to keep that product solid as can be. Gosh, I am so impressed with you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I mean, what you're undertaking and what you're going through is so impressive in helping so many people. Thank you. You tell us how we can find you. Um, Basically, you can find me over at um, Beyond Celiac. So on Instagram, it's just at Beyond Celiac or just, you know, www.beyondceliac.org. Um, and I guess my own personal Instagram account, I am in the process of kind of, I, the term influencer to me seems like so foreign, but, um, I am in the process of launching that, um, it's just a lifestyle blog. So you can find it on Instagram at authentically underscore Alexandra, all lowercase. Good. Okay. Well, we will find you and everyone. I, I, I just know this is helpful for so many people Yes. and I'm blessed to have you on oh, here. Thank you. And thank you so much for uh, being on the show today and everyone, please go on over to YouTube and then follow along with Alexandra and beyond celiac. And uh, we're trying to get up in that podcast world. So rate and review, subscribe and everyone Hey, be aware, get tested, have a friend be tested, and everyone keep being fabulous.